With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Sunday morning via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, after a rousing and exciting and incredible start to the week, the Islanders just pissed all over themselves with two completely stupid games that I'm still mad they lost in to the goalie tandem of the ages in Michael <laughs> Hutchinson and Eric Comrie. I mean, it's like, it's, it's unbelievable, right? Like it's really, really, I don't know. I don't know what to, what else to say. The, 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 the second that that game ended on Tuesday night when they beat the Leafs, I told myself, and I think I texted a couple of people like, I'm, I am going to enjoy these next few days <laughs> to relax. Cause I know that there's a storm coming yeah. Friday and Saturday and this back to back. Cause it's, you know, there's, there's really not to say there's no winning, like mm. like if they'd gone four for four, they just took care of business. Of course, like doing that would have been a huge boost. But you know what I mean. Like it, mm. it felt like it was all downside. Um, and then on Friday when you saw that they were going with Michael Hutchinson and and Patrick Line was out, and that the Blue Jackets had let up like five or more goals or whatever it was in seven straight games, it started mm. just dawn on me like how annoying this little two-step was going to be because <laughs> both of these teams are they play similarly where they they're just not good enough to play with the structure that right. the islanders play with or another playoff teams play with so that the islanders are kind of used to playing with they color outside the lines and um as soon as that blue jackets game went off the rails i my mind started going to the next night mm. not not because i was giving up on the blue jackets game but just generally thinking like Jesus, they're, this is, it's going to be tough to even get a point out of this game. And the Sabres are going to probably play a similar style, which they didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the Islanders just, when, when, when teams start coloring outside the lines, it's like they, they lose their minds. I, I could not believe, they work so hard to tie that Blue Jackets game up. Mm. I could not believe what I was seeing out of Scott Mayfield. And and I say this in, in, in as someone who's seen Scott Mayfield do so many things that I'm like, what the heck was he just trying to do there? Yeah. And now he's fishing the puck out of our net. But the game's 4-4. It's a game where you need to make sure you get a point. You need to. 
because like getting out of Columbus with a regulation loss is just a cardinal sin at this time of year. And he pinches after Adam Pellick pinches, probably not a good idea, but he's got Parisi covering for him and he's got Mayfield. Oh wait, no, there's Scott Mayfield going to pressure the puck for no reason, gets absolutely walked by Johnny Goodrow. And there's a three on one for Columbus led by Johnny Goodrow. And Zach Parisi is the only man back. And the reason I'm bringing this up before we get to the game itself is because I think that moment was really a microcosm for the weekend. Like, mm. you yeah, bad we, structure, kind of all over the place, gambling was not good. Expecting more out of the, and wrecking, like they just did not recognize the situation. Yeah. Um, at all, and 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 it wasn't you know this wasn't Robin Sallow or Samuel Bolduke or Arnaud Durando, right? Like this was Scott Mayfield. Um, and then, you know, two minutes later, like he just flubs the puck and turns it over. Uh, maybe he did that before. I don't know what it was, but he had like a two minute stretch where you're just like, this is you, you are effectively playing for the Columbus blue jackets right now. (laughs) Um, and that kind of attitude or laissez fairness and lack of polish kind of spilled into the next night. And it was so frustrating because they had a real chance to to put some distance in between them and uh, the Penguins and Panthers. And they, by, not only did they, they squander three points, um, but then they, they turned me into the exact person I'd never want to be, which was rushing to my car after the game against the Sabres to turn on fucking Don LaGreca or Kenny <laughs> Albert and Dave Maloney or whoever the hell is the color guy, whatever Maloney guy. Mm. And listening and rooting for the Rangers in the rain, in the car, driving home from an Islander game because I need the Rangers to win. Yeah. Um, Gross. And the worst part of it, well, there's two. I mean, that itself is the worst part. But you're you're listening. I'm listening to this broadcast, and uh, it's there's like less than a minute left. There's a faceoff in the Rangers D zone, and Maloney and Kenny Albert are talking about Mika Zibanejad being. Critic, like criminally overlooked as a Selkie candidate rather than calling the play. So I'm, I'm sitting there like, <laughs> what is going on? Who just won? That's a very important face off right. for, for us. Like who just won it? It turns out Carter Verhage won it. Um, and, and they did, they, they got to that detail a couple of seconds after it happened, I guess. And I'm trying to figure out what, what's going on. Are the Panthers going to shoot? Like what? And they're just talking about his, his Selkie credentials. Mm. And it was a, I think a great kind of encapsulation of, of the two fan bases not just in this moment in time, but just generally, it's like they just all they care about is like getting you know the recognition for 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 Mika Zibanejad to win a Selkie mm-hmm. here, and 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 the Islanders are fighting tooth and nail for for any scrap they can to get into the playoffs. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's what those losses did to me was like they turned me into this absolute gremlin yeah. listening to the Rangers, and it it makes me sick. I'm still thinking about it, and. And that's not the first time that they've done that, like in the last yeah. 10 days. How many times have we had to root for this fucking team? The, the only thing that kept this weekend from being a total disaster was the fact that the Rangers beat the Panthers. Like, had the Panthers won that game, this weekend would have gone as badly as it possibly could have. <laughs> like, you, you give up, you know, you have four point, you have four possible points against two bad teams playing out the string. You get one of those four points. And then, you know, the other team wins. Now you're in a lot of trouble. So thanks, as, as gross as it is to say, as disgusting as it feels, thank you to the Rangers for keeping this from being a complete and utter disaster for the Islanders uh, in a weekend where, frankly, they, they should have. And listen, I get it. We, we hear this all the time. In fact, the Islanders were this team for many, many years. Oh, they're playing, they're playing loose out there. They, you know, they have nothing to play for. They're, they're playing for jobs. They're trying to impress the coaching staff. We have all been there which is why when the Islanders fall into that trap, it drives me completely bonkers because we know what's happening. And after that Columbus game, by the way, we'll talk about the Leafs game plenty at the second, in the second part of this first half. So we'll, we'll get to the good stuff uh, eventually. But after the Columbus game, Kyle Palmieri's like, yeah, you know, we, we just weren't prepared tonight. Dude, it's game 73. <laughs> How much research and preparedness and and understanding do you need to take on the mighty Columbus Blue Jackets who are 20 points behind you in the standings what kind of preparedness is is necessary for this game maybe i'm just naive to the uh you know uh, infrastructure and the nuance of the professional athlete but 
are you kidding me right now? <laughs> we weren't prepared. And then, like you said, they came out against Buffalo and it's the same thing. Like it was literally that these games would have been, well, the Buffalo game in particular would have been an even bigger disaster had Simeon Varlamov not stood on his head for the first period. Like the first period was all Sabres and Varlamov was fantastic. Good for him. Like he's finally, you know, came back and, and played really, really well. And, you know, and the Islanders do deserve credit for, again, tying the game in the third period in Columbus when they were terrible for basically the first period for sure, but much better in the second. And then they, they tied it in the third. So they do deserve some credit for that. But Lee takes a bad penalty just before the end of regulation. Of course, they lose in overtime. Apparently, that's Boone Jenner's first ever overtime game-winning <laughs> goal, which is like, huh? And then, you know, you're facing a goalie the next night at home who got lit up for 10 goals in his previous game, has a sub-nine save percentage, and he gets he walks out with a shutout. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, wh- what is going on right now? And recognizing the situation is 100% right there. Like, how can they not recognize the situation? I don't understand what else there is to ne- you need to know. And uh, you called out Scott Mayfield. I'm going to call out Josh Bailey. Comes into the lineup on <laughs> on, save, on Saturday. And it's it can't be a coincidence that all of a sudden Horvat and Lee are invisible. Like, I don't. I hate saying it. I like Bailey. We like Mayfield. But, man, it's not a coincidence. It's something these guys, you know, they 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 like you said, they color outside the lines. And all of a sudden, the whole thing is off the rails. And it's just... I mean, come on, guys, it's come Columbus on. and Buffalo. Yeah. What, what are we doing? The, just, the <laughs> Bailey thing is heartbreaking. That's right. the only word I can think of it because it's, we love him and you love, and we love him so much. And this guy's played a thousand and what games for this team right now, and, you know? And he's got a song and, right. and he's had like such a tough kind of career. His career arc has been, I don't know how to, interesting. Yeah. To to go for a lazy word, but um, and and he's the type of guy you you know we we want to root for because he he kind of embodies the Islanders ethos of hmm. being the butt of so many jokes for so long and and has... I mean if I saw Josh Bailey lift a Stanley Cup I'd probably burst into tears yeah like, absolutely just... <laughs> and and the decision to play him I thought was I like you could see the logic in it. Sure. Like this. Okay. Here's a veteran player who's been healthy scratch for a while. He's going to come back in and have a fire under him. Maybe Yeah, back to back. And and I thought Holmstrom has been fine, but obviously that first line has, has not produced where Mm -hmm. they should. Uh, And it might be the fact that you're playing, you know, Bo Horvat and Anders Lee with either your healthy scratch or the guy who's not (laughs) healthy scratch, which we (laughs) talked talked about last episode, right? Like (laughs) this is, that's, that's pretty obvious, but it's the fact that the, you know, the, the other, the middle six, like the Palmieri, uh, Nelson Angval line continues to probably be their best line by a while, by a, by a country mile. We owe Cal Clutterbuck an apology. I was pretty <laughs> tough on him last episode, and he came back with a good week. That, the fourth line's been fine. That's how you come back from injury. Right. Like, like, yes. like a Cal Clutterbuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and like the third line with pa- Pajot, Parisi, and, and Fashing. Like, you know, maybe that's the line you can, you know, juggle with to, to see if you can spark something out of Horvat and Lee right now. But but I get, I get like, the decision. Like, I, I totally got it. Like, he says, this is Josh Bailey, a thousand plus games. Uh, he's, you know, going to be a Islander, you know, on all the Islander all-time record lists and, and points and games played and assists and all that stuff. There's a player here uh, and he's been healthy scratch. You'd expect him to come out and basically play like it's the, if he, it's probably, it could be like the last game of his career, right. so to speak. Right. And he did not, <laughs> uh, which, like I said, was heartbreaking because he, he's that first shift he took. I was like, all right, let's go, Josh. Like. Maybe this this like a, a quintessential Bailey game like we saw when he after he was healthy scratched when he was right. supposed to get his one thousandth game uh <laughs> you know maybe that like kind of Bailey shows up and he didn't and uh I I I th- I was at the game so maybe I'm misremembering but I'm pretty sure his turnover in the offensive zone led yes. ultimately led to the Oposo goal it was uh he had a turnover and then Lee essentially also just handed the puck to Oposo yeah so I it was mean it was a combination of yeah and uh and that like you like that they're you, these are scott, scott mayfield and josh bailey guys who've been on so many playoff runs with this team and i'm not just talking about the conference finals run like this is these guys knew how to sweep the pittsburgh penguins hmm. they were in that capital series together like they know how to how you're supposed to play this time of year uh it should be their de facto setting 
and they didn't do it and they didn't recognize the situation and they put the Islanders in, in a precarious spot. And like, I think at the trade deadline or maybe a couple weeks before when the Islanders, maybe when the Islanders traded for Horvat, I think that's a pretty good line of demarcation. Had you offered us this situation, Hey, you're going to be four points ahead of the Panthers going, going down the stretch here with, with uh, eight games to go and nine games to go for them. Uh, would you sign up for it? If we would have bit your hand off for it. Sure. Like, absolutely. Uh, but then you, you, you add in, if you add, if you offered this to us on Wednesday, you'd be like, I don't know. Like mm. it's, 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 and that's how the season's gone. Like at, at the end of every episode, when we kind of preview the next week, we always say, you know, we should have our answers by hopefully <laughs> of like what this team is and where they are by, by the next time we talk. And then they do exactly what, the opposite of what you think they're going to do. Um, I would thought they were, they hopefully were going to get four out of six points from this stretch of three games. They got three out of six. So it's like, like the world's not over. This team is still a favorite to make the playoffs. And, but now the, the, the kind of, uh, the worries come back. The, 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 the afraids. Um, I'm very, we, we've known this, something about this team forever, which is like, you can always see it coming. Uh, we can go back to the uh, that that trip out west when the Islanders had some momentum, then they lose to the to Kraken in a terrible effort, and you're just like, mm. oh boy, I think something's <laughs> coming. And and I don't know about if that's what's coming now, but the, there's potential for it with the way the schedule sets up. Devils, Caps, uh, back uh, and then a back to back, I believe, at the yes. end of the week with yeah, with yes. Hurricanes and Lightning. So you know, there's there's potential here for for very different outcomes and yeah, yeah i'm back to being scared and and i'm happy that i was able to recognize after that leafs game like just take your deep breath now yeah um because this thing's far from over and and so many people i remember hearing on like nhl radio and being like yeah like the, the islanders are they're in the driver's seat like no we're not <laughs> the islanders no matter the islanders could have their both hands on the steering wheel foot on the pedal but they are never in the driver's seat yeah and they are not in the driver's seat and and the ride just continues. I'm impressed that you actually heard about the Islanders because nobody I had talked to yeah. was they, t- they were talking about oh here here come the Panthers. And in fact, yesterday's game <laughs> unfortunately was on ESPN, and it was pretty much a Sabres home game. Like it was like the Sabres really need this game to stay in the playoff chase. What are they ten points back with like eleven games to go? I mean, okay, I guess mathematically sure, but I mean, come on, guys. Like they just didn't they lose like six games in a row at one point? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, there's, I know you got to like try and, you know, pump up the tires of the teams that are playing on TV right now, but I think it was yeah. a little bit overboard, but, um, well, that, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give Bo- Boomer Gordon, like he, he's very good at going around the league and, and mm-hmm. like, so that's why I heard it, but you're right. Like even mm-hmm. I remember during the, uh, I was listening to the Penguins stars game or no, the next morning I was listening to, to the, like the morning show on NHL radio when I was driving Isla and they were like, they were sizing up the, the, penguins capitals game on saturday like now oh, that's an all-time four-pointer because you got the panthers playing on the same night mm. and and the capitals and penguins will know exactly what they need to do because the panthers are playing at five o'clock that night and i'm like and yeah and, <laughs> and, and say it yeah. say it and they just yeah. did it and that, nope. that's how it's been this whole time it's like right. this this playoff race has just been you know there's one team that just doesn't get talked about it whatever spot they're in doesn't get talked it's it's yeah it's I- bizarre I saw one, I think it was at the Athletic, I'm not sure that it was like, how the Panthers got back into the playoff race. It's like, yeah, pretty sure the Islanders did that too. Like, they were out of the outside, and then they got back into it. So, uh, nobody's writing that story. But uh, one other thing about Bailey, um, if I'm not mistaken, he was the only Islander without a shot on goal uh, against Buffalo. Uh, And, you know, I'm looking at his stats, and it's just that he's just a, a... a black hole of nothingness yeah. at this point. He's a like liability. He's, he's a liability and he's just not contributing. He, right now he's got 25 points, which is the lowest he's had since his rookie year, which as we all know, we watched <laughs> and uh, <laughs> was not good. He's just, he's just not contributing really anything. Like he's just not doing much. He is, he's somehow he's a plus four and he's, and his uh course is only 47.7, which seems like it would be a lot better than you'd think it would be. But uh uh, he's just, he's just not contributing anything. And again, I, I hate that he's got to sit, but 
I don't, I just don't think you can play him at this point. And I, and again, Holmstrom is not exactly lighting the world on fire. That seed is Bar, is Matt Barzell's. And of course, if we knew when Barzell was coming back, we might, you know, have a better idea of what to look look out for. But we don't. And at this point, I feel like you know, Eng, uh, um, Engvall, Nelson, and Palmieri have been really good together. In fact, they were very good against the Blue Jackets, so they got to stay together. Fashing Parisi and um, Pajot have been great. Parisi, another goal, by the way, he's reached 20. Uh, so congratulations to Sasha Barkov for finally reaching Zach Parisi's level yesterday in that game against the Rangers. Uh, 20 goals at 38 <laughs> is just incredible. And Fashing has been really good, too. Um, so you can't mess with those lines. And then obviously, you know, Clutterbuck is back. So that fourth line is is as it has always been. So it's that one top, you know, top right wing spot that is open. And at this point, I'm sorry, Josh Bailey is just not the guy. You know, Simon Holmstrom's probably not the guy either. But given the choice, it, maybe that's it. And, you know, I, I don't know. At, at this point, is is a Durando or a uh, Ruslan Ishkahov somebody who deserves to come up and, and try that spot? It's a lot of pressure. And I don't know if they want to – knowing the Islanders, they're not going to want to do that. But at this point, I would play either of those guys over, over – uh, Bailey. I mean, I mean, I'm almost at like anti Andrioff levels now here. Like, you know, at least, <laughs> at least, you know, Andrioff's going to go into a corner, right? Like he's yeah. going to go into a corner and he might be another fashion type. Like just, you know, he, he just bangs and hits and grabs the puck and, and tries to keep it as long as possible. And before you know it, he finds himself open. So. And, and, and the team deserves a ton of credit. I think like yeah. that they've stayed, a, stayed afloat without Barzell. For sure. Like nobody, that's the other thing. Like nobody's talking about the Islanders at all. And when they right. do talk about them, they don't say like, Man, like this team turned around its season despite Matt Barzell being out. Uh, right. Since you know, like the, before the trade deadline. I yeah, it's like day, we're yeah. on a month basically now, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe to the day. Uh, and nobody, nobody's like saying that or giving them credit, and, and they deserve credit. And I mean, even the Aho injury, like that's that's a sneaky yeah. kind of injury that that's going to affect the team because he he does play in a lot of different roles, and he's he's their best skating defenseman and. Mm. Uh, he really was playing the best hockey maybe of his career. Um, mm. And then like, so they deserve credit, but, and, and but because there's a, such a uh, obvious hole on their top line, like, like you said, like whether it's a call up or something like you need to basically throw everything you can to fix it um, because the rest of the team is working just fine. Like, you know, your goaltending will most likely be good on every night and, the defense has been steadily improving and the middle six is good. The fourth line is playing better. So it's just this one thing. And, and we know that with Holmstrom, it's, it's, you know what you're going to get. He's not a liability like Bailey, but he, he doesn't bring uh, much upside in terms of producing. And um, then you'd have to break up a line that is working. So the Islanders won't, won't do it because they're, that's just not in their DNA to, to say to Ruslan exactly. Ish- Ishkakov or however you pronounce his name, like, dude, you've been playing great down there. We see the videos. Yeah. Uh, go give it a shot with Bo Horvath and Anders Lee. Um, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So it's, it is like, it's the, to, to steal a cliche, like the answer has got to be from in the room. Hmm. Uh, but I think we, we, we know what the answers aren't Yeah. right now. Definitely. So uh, real quick, before we move on to the Leafs on, on Horvat, uh, his goal slump is, I believe at 12 games now, and you hear a lot, particularly from up north, about how he's just not doing it for the Islanders out there. Um, there's a great thread. I'm going to put this uh, into the article. And uh, uh, the Twitter account is Stats by Zach. And uh, he talks about how well Horvat has actually been playing. He's been getting chances. He's been getting, you know, uh, shots. He's been getting chances in the house or like, you know, the, the home plate area, whatever. And uh, he's just doing all of these things that, can help the Islanders win. The big problem is Bo Horvat is shooting 0% in the last 10 games. <laughs> like you're not going to score goals by shooting 0%. And, and you know, this is not a guy who's going to do that forever. So he's going through right now. We've seen this. We've, we've been through this with other guys. Jordan Everly famously did this. Al Palmieri has done this. So he's just snake bit right now. But to think that Bo Horvat's not contributing is, is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, he's, he's doing everything he can, uh, but they're just not falling for him. So, uh, you know, a lot of that might have to do with Barzell and, you know, sort of rotating people on the right. Um, I don't know if he and Lee necessarily have any chemistry. They're just there, you know, because they're, you know, kind of in the natural spots. But I'm not too worried about Horvat. He'll he'll come around and, you know, he's probably liable to, like, open up a, you know, a, a hat trick or somebody in some game where you're not expecting it. So I wouldn't worry about him. He's playing well. It's just the goals aren't falling. For him. 
Uh, okay, let's let's leave these two bullshit games behind and move on to the the real the best part of the whole week, and I think it's one that we all had a lot of fun with. Seven to two win over Toronto on Tuesday. Um, this there was a lot made before the game, obviously, as there always is when the Islanders and Leafs play. And at first, it looked like the Leafs were going to kind of run away with it. The Islanders have, hadn't played that well. But here comes Elias Sorokin with yet another save of the year candidate. This time, another stick save on, um, I forget who it was. Oh, it was uh, Eric Gustafson, of course. Uh, the, the big One of the big de- deadline acquisitions for the Leafs just snuck in behind the D and, and uh, had uh, Sorokin beat dead to rights. But Sorokin got the stick on it. And that seemed to really spark the team. In fact, Cal Clutterbuck was like, yeah, we saw that and realized, you know, we got to get on this. And from that point on, oh, sorry, Brock Nelson got hit high up. Uh, he got kind of boarded by Nola Chari. Thank God Nelson was back and, and has looked pretty good in the last couple of games. So I guess it wasn't anything too serious. But uh, from that moment on, after that first period, it was pretty much all Islanders. Parisi scored again. Fashing scored again. Clutterbuck scored the first of his two goals um, with a, tip, a great tip from about, I don't know, 10 feet in front of the net. It was a very uncal Clutterbuck-like goal, but it was great. So then... Here comes Mitch Marner to make it uh, three two, uh, and then he, he he makes this big celebration. And he's pumping his chest like he's King Kong and like he's you know just scored fifty and fifty. And uh, on the very next play, Cal Clutterbuck kind of gets a breakaway a little bit, and and uh, there's Marner watching, skating alongside him while he scores his second goal of the game. And uh, Holmstrom had a chip in goal. Dobson had an empty net goal, and then if six, as if six two wasn't bad enough. Anders Lee gets a tip-in goal from another Thompson shot, and uh, the party was on. So, yeah, Sorokin made 25 saves, some of them very spectacular, including that that stick save. Uh, Ilya Samsonov made 22. A lot of those pucks went up over his shoulder. I don't know if that's the book out on him, Doc, but it looked like they were all going in over the shoulder. Um, and uh, it was just a great time, and it was a great time. And anytime you can beat the Leafs to death at home, during the serenading of the booze and the jeers for one particular leaf uh, made for a great night. And uh, I know, I know I was doing it. I know you were doing it. I don't know if anybody else is doing it made for a lot of fun uh, listening the next day and reading of all the you know, leafs uh, people. None of them really gave the Islanders credit at all. It was more about like, what was wrong with the leaves? How did that happen? Where is everybody? But um, it was, it's always fun to watch when, when that happens yeah. and they have to kind of reflect on themselves basically. I, I I thought it was hilarious when I was doing the rounds on Twitter afterwards. Like nobody had even like mentioned it. Like it was like, right. all right, we're just not going to talk about this one. Yeah, the, the Leafs, the Leafs writers, or whatever. a few of them. Yeah, decided to take that day. The, the Athletic basically they had their report card thing, and then that was it. They, yeah. they just took the day off. There was no game story. There was no you know follow up. No nothing. Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to talk about that one, guys. <laughs> they lost, and and we don't want to do that. We'll we'll instead focus on shin pads and how people wear yes. them or whatever it was. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So it was it was a great day the next day to to go around and yeah. and listen to folks and there were so many people like you know they they didn't really it, the score said seven two but I thought they didn't play that bad and yeah I was like yeah that was on Sportsnet the lead was like it wasn't that the uh, Leafs were outclassed by the Islanders dude you lost seven to two yeah. you got outclassed like yeah, <laughs> yeah you you lost the island the Islanders like chewed you up and swallowed you. <laughs> <laughs> and the stats might not show it, and and yeah, the, the, look, the Leafs were pretty good in that first period, and Sorokin mm. made some big saves. But you're playing the Islanders, like Ilya Sorokin plays for the Islanders. They're not, they're not playing Dave Riddick. Like it's not like, <laughs> oh my god, like where did that come from? Right. Can't can't believe that that you know Anton Hudobin just stood on his head like that and and stole <laughs> that game for the Leafs. It was the the best goalie in the league played like the best goalie in the league. Like that's part of the Islanders. That's who they are, and mm. um. And then they did what they they when they're at their best they do they they kind of slowly just suck the leaf spirit away from them and you can the best part is you could see it coming and 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 then the uh, the crowd was just incredible that night yeah uh, with with Tavares and eh, I didn't realize that was their first game against the Leafs at home this season um so yeah. and I remember last year the the first time they played the Leafs at UBS it was tough because it was the COVID uh, yeah that was like. The shutout, all to do, yeah. and 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 yeah, that was a second game too. So like, right. it was it was uh, like they lost like three players from the 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 first game at UBS when mm. they had nobody, uh, and, they, and then they took three more players from them 
And and so it was a, just an absolute mess where I think Dobson was the only regular defenseman from opening night playing in that game. That sounds about uh, right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so like the, the crowd wasn't, you know, up for it. Uh, but this time they were. And I was really happy because uh, I was wondering, like, walking in, like, how the response would be. And the fact that the game was so high stakes definitely helped add to it. And um, it really reminded me how much I hate this guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and not yeah. just not just the person and the player, but, like, th- the whole baggage that comes with him. Yeah. Uh, and hearing the you know the jt sucks chant was just hilarious i thought because it was so loud and came obviously came through on tv and the islanders giving out a spite bobblehead <laughs> give out it's butch goring night of course. and they're, they're showing they're showing like a, a a tribute video to butch uh who's at every islander game because it's his job to be so <laughs> and and, and they, there's like a 91 tifo or like a flag being hoisted up in one of the sections and they're showing it on tv and <laughs> the, the leafs bench of course is the leafs bench is tapping the sticks like you know being yeah. good sports and then they see that and they realize oh shit i think i get what's going on here <laughs> they, it, i mean that, that the islanders really hit all the notes that night it was yeah. it was an incredibly well done uh grudge holding and yeah. that's that's what it needed to it needs to be every time he comes in i don't care like mm do something like that every time because mm. he left like he he doesn't get to he doesn't get the a tribute video every time he comes like we can treat him how we want to and uh that the the team really leaning into it was i thought a great touch and yeah. uh the uh the next the next day there were some you know people kind of like talking about can't believe they still do this and yeah it's a little petty at this point like no it's not <laughs> like if this was any other team and fan base against and 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 any other player like you would be like how great is this like mm. man can you imagine this being this guy going back and mm. um for the first time actually in in this whole saga it, it kind of dawned on me uh because i can't remember who who it was uh on one of the shows or maybe it was you know someone on nhl radio like can you imagine being that guy and like mm. you you're you're getting booed every time you touch the puck after being there for nine years and i never thought of it like this way framed like like john Tavares when he was here worked so hard like on the ice like that was his mm. thing he's a hard working blood sweat and tears kind of player sure. dealt with some injuries all sorts of stuff well and then there's all the off the ice stuff too yeah did. exactly right so he did all this stuff when he was <laughs> right. here and when he was an islander right and then <laughs> To tell every time he comes back to have none of that be appreciated <laughs> and i've never thought of it that way and it made me feel yeah. so proud of the way yeah. that he was treated on tuesday night because I was yeah. like, i'm i'm happy that that guy's leaving thinking that because he is <laughs> thinking that he's like you know like man i i should maybe i shouldn't have worked so hard on the ice and, 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 and for this team because look at how i'm being treated and like that i really hope that he feels that yeah. um yeah it was great the whole yeah. the, the Leafs were so frustrated then mm. uh yeah, I got to do the victory lap in 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 the uh, the podcast, and and it was a strange, really strange how quiet it was after yeah after the game. There was no talk of you know, just a meaningless game for the Leafs, all this stuff. And mm. there was one person, it might have been Justin Bourne, who was like, you know, your 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 captain's getting like eviscerated out there. Like you you would expect <laughs> someone to like kind of yeah like, sh- like you know to for the guys to be up for it, but they're not. Mm. And uh, well, th- that goes back to every time that the Leafs play here. Like this has happened every time. And, uh, and you took the words right out of my mouth. Like I, I have this theory, first of all, before I get into this, I just want to say um, we had our friend Joe Buono on weird Islanders last week to talk about his great book, New York Islanders A to Z. And, and he has his eyes on Isles podcast with his friend, Andy Francis. If you haven't listened to it, you should, it, it's really good. And you know, they, they're the exact opposite of us. Like they're like, you know, it's enough already. We don't need to do this anymore. Uh, we need to let this go. And, and I, I emailed Joe about a few things and I was like, by the way, I plan on being mad for the rest of my life. So <laughs> I respectfully disagree with, with you and Andy. And he was like, no, I totally get that. I totally get that. So I, I want, and I, there are other people that have moved on and I appreciate that. That's a very logical and very mature way to feel. Mike and I and a lot of other people, obviously vocal people at the game, feel differently, you know, and, <laughs> and, and I'm with you. Like, I, I feel like it's funny to me that in 31 other buildings in this league, this guy is just another good player on another t- good team, right? But in this one building, 
this one place, which of course is the place he used to play or would have played if he'd stayed here, he is public enemy number one. And I think it drives him absolutely bonkers. <laughs> like I think it drives him <laughs> crazy. And and I've noticed, and yes, there was definitely a lot of sort of non, you know, non-write-ups of this um after the game. But in reading the stuff and, and listening to stuff that was after the game, I came to this conclusion, and maybe I'm crazy, I don't know, but like the way I kind of feel is that the Canadian media, the way and the way again they write stuff and say stuff, seems to have this idea that John Tavares is their friend, right? He is, he's a nice guy. He's, he's very accommodating with the media. They've probably met him and his family and, and he's a very, very nice guy and they like him personally. And every single time he comes back to play on Long Island, he is scared and nervous and he wants to cry. And they <laughs> don't want to say that because they're afraid that it might make the captain of the mighty Maple Leafs sound like a big old squishy baby. Like they don't want to say that. They, and, and of course, if they do say that, oh man, you know, Tavares really hates playing on the Island. It, it drives him, you know, he gets very angry. You know that, that what that means, we're just going to do it worse. Right. <laughs> like that's just like the old, the old right. bully tactic. You know, if you have a, a brother or an older cousin or a sibling or something like that, that's just always how it is. If, oh, we, oh, this, this bothers you. Okay. Well now we're going to do it 10 times worse. Um, and I think that's just it. And it just, it comes across in the way they cover him and the way they talk about the team. And, and I've heard that too. I think Kiprios too was also saying like, where are the other Leafs? <laughs> like, where are the other guys to like stand up for your captain and, and be like, no, you're not going to treat this guy this way. We're going to play better. You know, not necessarily get into a fight or anything like that, but like, we're not going to just sit here and take it on the chin, which is basically, especially by the end of the game, what the Leafs were doing just stand up for this guy. It just isn't there. And I think obviously it's because they don't get it. Like I would like yeah. to hear Pierre Engvall's kind of feelings on this now, now that he's played on kind of both sides, if he's like, you know, it's good. But then like you see, I have seen though people after this game saying like, you know, I respect the Islanders fans for still being mad about this. There's one particular tweeter. I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to mention his name. He's just one of the most irritating people on this entire <laughs> stupid corner of the internet. And I don't even want to give him the air for this, but he was like, you know, I can see how they're mad at him and I can see why he left. And, you know, I think it's, it's great theater. Well, bully for you. It's great theater. Like you guys have been calling us trash. Forget about Tavares. You People have been up there, been calling Islanders fans trash for decades. And now all of a sudden we have your respect, man, get lost. We don't need your respect. Just shut up, please. It's the, it's the classic, uh, it's, it's a classic kind of like, oh, I got to be contrarian now because I, right. I spent too much time on one side and now yeah. I got to. Well, it's not going up. away. So yeah, they don't exactly. want to, you know, right. they don't want to be on that side of like, I don't want to get yelled at too. So. And I'm starting, I'm starting to hear other people say this. So I got to yeah. make sure that I got my bases covered. And plus right. like. I'm going to want to boo Austin Matthews if he leaves. So like, <laughs> I got to make sure that I, I, I can be a hypocrite. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, well, they didn't boo Johnny Goudreau. That's the other thing too, is like, you know, all the flames fan didn't boo. They didn't boo Johnny Goudreau. Uh, okay. No. Well, good for them. Like, I don't know. What do you want me to tell you? That was, yeah, that was the uh, Eric, Eric Francis. He, he said the yeah. flames, like flames fans know exactly how to do, th- do this kind of thing. They know the, yeah. the, the right playbook on like other fan bases. You, you respect them during the tribute video. You give them standing. Oh, and then anytime he touches the mm. puck, you boo him because he's on the other team. Like, you're in the media, man. You're not a fan. Like that's right. there is a fourth wall here. None, none of these people um, really understand that. It's it's mm. uh, it's kind of like when on Thirty Two Thoughts or any podcast like that. Like you know, if I was a fan, like this is how I would feel. Like, mm. well, you you wouldn't know how to feel because you're not a fan. Your job is to <laughs> to not be a fan. Uh, you you that's that's there's nothing else to say. Like, and then this whole week on Thirty Two Thoughts or for the Friday episode. Jeff Merrick was talking about how he wants these like kind of raucous European style atmospheres at, at hockey games. And he wants them to come over. Like they're here at some, some arenas, one in particular that nobody talks about, like the the Islanders arenas will get to be very European ish. And yeah, and it's uh, a very bizarre lament when the Islanders are literally right here. We haven't heard the Josh Bailey song that much this season, but it does exist. And yeah, as is and, a and they just broken chant and all. And that. two nights ago, they just booed the shit out of some guy anytime he touched the puck, <laughs> and they were chanting at him. And it was very right. much a European kind of atmosphere that night. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just, and I just I can't wait. I I mean I I hope Austin Matthews leaves the Leafs for you know a million reasons, but I really hope he does because. When he comes back and and he gets booed, I I yeah. just need to hear yeah 
Well, th- that's every fan's right is to to do something like that. You know, he yeah. left. He could have stayed and, and been a Leaf, you know, hold held every Leafs record. Like, it, it, so they, of course, they're going to be mad and angry. Like every fan would be in that situation. Mm. Uh, what yeah. about, yeah, except for, except for one, except for yeah. one, one fan base out there. And, and <laughs> to, so B- Boomer Gordon, uh, he opened his show on Friday morning, uh, Wednesday morning, talking about the atmosphere. And he kind of went into this whole monologue. And if you have the Sirius XM app, it's worth listening to like the first few minutes. Uh, cause he talks like there's, you know, there's 32 fan bases in the NHL and we love them all for, for certain reasons or whatever, but there's one that sticks out and he's like going and, and, and I'm in stop, stop and shop listening. And I know exactly where he's <laughs> going. And, uh, and he had texted me during the game saying like, mm-hmm. Oh, you guys can hold a grudge. And all I responded back to him was fuck him. <laughs> and, 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 uh, so he's talking, he's like, he's like, and he's uh, kind of on the side of Joe and, and, and Andy, I guess, where he's mm-hmm. like, I can't believe they're still doing it. Like, it's just, to yeah. me, it's just bizarre. And, I uh, can't kind of wrap his mind around it. And mm. uh, he's like, yeah, and I was texting Leibuff during the game and he responded back and I can't read what he said to, on radio because it's just like expletive later. And I was just like, <laughs> man, these guys. And then he kind of talks about how it is entertaining and stuff and, and uh, to, to watch and same kind of thing. But it's just, it's, it's, it's so annoying mm. to be told how to be a fan. Yeah. And like you said, if you're over it and and you're move you've moved on and you you don't agree with the treating some the, him like that or whatever it's totally fine like i they're like it's very logical but uh there's still a huge portion of this fan base that because of how many times people have walked out on this this franchise mm. and without and have, and have never had the chance to to voice that displeasure like you you couldn't we couldn't go boo John Spano in the courtroom, yeah. you know, like you, right. you couldn't, you couldn't do that kind of stuff. You couldn't, mm. you couldn't find Mike Milbury and just go boo him when he went to the store. Like yeah. he doesn't come back. Uh, so mm. we finally had a chance to, to, to let it out at someone. Yeah. And it just happened to be the guy that left on Like maybe almost left us in, in the worst position of anybody, <laughs> but luckily we, we, uh, we got out of it, but it, there was a the potential there. And uh, so, of course, there's there is a lot of built up shit there. Uh, well, and, and there's not also, through with it yet. No, definitely. And I think that's the other aspect. And I think that this is why Goudreau doesn't get booed and and other guys don't get booed there. You, you cannot discount the Toronto factor. Like you can't discount the fact that he went to this place that he said he didn't want to play for. And it was the place that did the hardest selling on him. Steve Dangle, I'm looking at you. Uh, you know, please don't send me pictures of, of like whatever crazy face he made this. I don't want to see it, you know, but like, that was the, the team that did the hardest sell on him, the hardest press. He didn't want to go there. He said, you know, he wanted to stay and, and win here. And then of course, as soon as, you know, free agency opens two minutes later, he's there and he's got the bed sheets and it is the epicenter of not necessarily the sport, but the sports media hubs and outlets. And that's the thing. Like if, you know, I I feel like Flames fans would be angrier at Johnny Goudreau if he went to go play for the Oilers, right? Or, or some other team and said he didn't want to play for them. Like, you know, he's going to play in Columbus. And I think that they're just like a very, it's a very weird dynamic. Like I didn't see this happening. And well, I guess if he wants to play in Columbus, that's fine for him. But like, you don't hear all this stuff coming out of Columbus all the time about how the Flames suck how they don't deserve a team, how they should be moved to Hamilton, how they, you know, the reason he left was because, you know, he, they, they stunk and he couldn't, you know, he wasn't going to win there anyway. And look at all this talent that he can, you know, win and, and be a hero here. And all this, like you hear this shit all the time coming out of Toronto about the Islanders. They hated us before Tavares and they definitely hate us more now. And that factor is enormous. Yeah. Like it's, you know, if Austin Matthews leaves to go play, you know, for, Dallas, I don't know if that's really going to you know register. You know, if he says, "Oh, I would never go play in in you know the the United States. I don't I don't need to play there. I'm happy here in Canada." And then he goes to play for Arizona. You know, then then I think he's going to get booed. Like I think that's that would be a huge thing. But you yeah. know, I could see him leaving. I could see him going to play to L.A. or some you know again Dallas or something like that. But um, yeah, I think you know the problem is that we hear out of Toronto so much all the time about how much our team sucks. And then to have our captain leave and go play there, 
is just that's where the traitorous, you know, the treason comes in, <laughs> like, for lack of a better word. And there's know? no and there's no credit given to the to the underdog in the story. Like right. the right. the roles have never been clearer in sports. Yeah. Right. The Islanders are the underdog. Their franchise savior left for nothing to a team yeah. to to create a quote unquote like sort of super team. To the team that has all the resources, all the money, all the yep. fans, all the the media, all the everything. Right. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah. You're the bad guys here, right? Like you are by in a, you know, if I were to just sit down an NFL fan who doesn't watch hockey, I say, who are the bad guys here? Who would, what, who's the underdog that you would want to root for mm. if these two teams were playing? Who's Cinderella? Mm. They would say, okay, it's the team that the guy left and went to the rich team that, mm. you know, has all the, you know, coverage and everything. Um, and I, and I said, okay, well, this team, the Cinderella team here, so they start winning. Yeah. And and they do it, you know, not just one year. They mm-hmm. win, and then they win again, and then they win again, and they get very close to winning a championship. Um, but they are painted like this big bad pariah in the NHL for somehow, like this team that <laughs> is going about doing this all in the wrong way. Yeah. Like, look at the Islanders, so quintessentially, like what is the, sending us back to the 1830s with the way that they approach <laughs> hockey. Somebody I mean, needs to legislate this this hockey out of the game. It's ruining the sport. Yeah. It's boring. It's, yeah, yeah, so. exactly. And if they can only do it more, if they could only, you know, if the Leafs could have only got a little lucky against the the Lightning or the Blue Jackets or the Canadians, like you never know. Like this Cinderella story finally could have had a happy ending. Hmm. It's it's that that's part of it too like yeah definitely you guys have it all mixed up you you yeah. guys are not you are very unlikable <laughs> I think that's about <laughs> as pretty pretty much as i could put it there was an article at pension plan puppets a few years ago where one one of the writers was like the leafs are the bad guys like they he rec- it took him a while but they recognized it and i think it was after the canadian series where it was like yeah we're the bad guys and and they mentioned Tavares too like we just took a we just took a, a team's captain from them, and it was for us it was great, but for them it was heartbreaking. And they've gone on to to win, you know, and win some more. So, so some Leafs fans do recognize it, but uh, it's uh, definitely the majority of them, and definitely their media don't. So, uh, okay, Whew. well, we're gonna cool down for a minute, and we'll come back and we'll look at this uh, crazy schedule the Islanders have uh, coming up, which is not going to be a picnic either, which is why you don't lose games to Columbus and Buffalo. But we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, if you would like to hear bonus content from Mike and I, uh, including our first ever non-hockey podcast called Country Club Atmosphere or our mailbag podcast, of which we're going to be uh, listening questions again in a couple of weeks, or you want to read Mike's fantastic long-suffering newsletter, or you want to read my Dan's Islanders book club, which is first issue is coming out this week, you are going to need to sign up at our Patreon, patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. You get ad-free episodes of the show, plus a ton of bonus content, and uh, it's great. Come on, it's two bucks or five bucks. You won't even miss it, and uh, you get a lot of great stuff. So take a look, patreon.com slash islandersanxiety. Sign up today, and uh, we'll meet you on the other side. Thanks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now a word from the good sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch. And our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you spend $50 or more, use the code 4CUPS, that's F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass or an Islander's Anxiety puck. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Use the code 4CUPS, get yourself a free gift. 
Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinotproject.com. Please drink responsibly. Uh, Okay, so this uh, schedule coming up uh, is not an easy one for the Islanders. This is Sunday. Monday night, they have a game against the New Jersey Devils at home. Uh, Then on Wednesday, they are in Washington. That game is on TNT. Why? I have absolutely no idea. I guess somebody thought there would be a playoff spot on the line or something like that. Uh, That's unfortunate, but maybe we'll get Brendan. You never know. And then Saturday and Sunday, it's back-to-back, and it's a tough one. It's uh, the Lightning on Saturday, and then the Hurricanes on Sunday. That's a 6 o'clock start on Sunday, and it's Palm Sunday. So uh, if you're hanging out with your family, make sure you're home by 6 o'clock so you can watch the Islanders-Hurricanes game. I'll be honest, I will probably miss the Lightning game because uh, my wife and I want to go see John Wick Chapter 4. So uh, if it uh, comes down to that, I am going to take, the, uh, going to take John Wick over the Islanders potentially losing to the Lightning yet again. Um, this is their toughest week easily in several weeks you know usually there was like maybe one or two teams that uh you know might have might have been a problem but here you've got really four and i know the caps are you know outside looking in but they have not played like it in fact we all remember the uh, caps put a hurt on the islanders 5-1 a couple weeks ago at, at ubs so these are all enormous games uh we're not yet at the point where you know teams like carolina are going to be um you know resting anybody tampa's been in a little bit of a weird funk lately I'm sure the uh, recipe for getting out of it is playing the Islanders, uh, and I'm sure they're going to come out uh, firing on all cylinders as they always do. And you know, the Devils again are—they just clinched the playoff spot, so um, maybe they're they're coming off a bit of a high too, much like the Islanders did this week. So I don't know, but as you said a little while ago, this week has the potential to be very very ruinous for the Islanders this week, and uh, and I don't like it one bit. And again, this is why you don't lose to Columbus and Buffalo when they get served up on a platter for you late in the season, but. What are you going to do uh, now? They got to go out and win some of these games. Yeah, they got to they got to make some hay uh, in a week that feels daunting. Um, yeah. You know, that the, the Penguins Capitals game last night where the Penguins were up three nothing, then blew the lead late and it was three three. And then the Caps tied it up with what, like two and a half minutes left. And then <laughs> Anthony Mantha turned over the pocket the red line with like a minute and a half left and Malkin scored and basically ended the capital season mm. so hope maybe there's like a chance that the caps just are not at the races at all on Wednesday because that you know game spills into it but mm. the 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 thing here is it's not like unfortunate it's unfortunate to say because you just want to say like oh as long as the islanders take care of their business we don't have anything to worry about but the islanders have shown that you can't trust them to do that. And, and, and <laughs> none of the teams have like, that's why they're all still fighting for a playoff spot. Right. So you look at the Islanders with New Jersey, Washington, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. And you'd say, you know, five out of eight points, I think is a really good mm-hmm. week for them in this situation. Um, three out of five, three out of eight feels like the bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, but, and then you look at Florida and Pittsburgh and, uh, their schedules are are a little strange as well. Like Florida has Ottawa on Monday night in Ottawa, um, and then they have a back to back Toronto, Montreal, and then they close up their week with Columbus. So you look at that, and as an Islander fan, you're like, okay, that's eight out of eight points for them, of course. But like in real, <laughs> like I'm sure the Panthers fans are thinking, like we 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 need six out of eight, and and that seems doable. And then the Penguins have the Red Wings, Predators, Bruins, and Flyers in a back to back. So. I, I mean, I can't make sense of any of it. Like I, I was saying to someone last night, I can't figure out what the like what the kind of threshold is here to make the playoffs. Like, what's the cut line? You would you would usually right. it's like last year was a hundred. Everyone got in with a hundred points. It's obviously not going to be that because it's mathematically impossible for the Islanders to get to a hundred points. Um, it's going to be I don't know ninety two is like w- what you need, and that means you need nine points from eight games and for some and it feels daunting. Yeah. Like that's the scary thing here is like, I, and, and I think 92 maybe because Florida's it's what 79 points with nine games left. So for them to get to 92, they need six wins and, a, and an overtime loss out of their last nine games. Like, yeah. so they need to go six, two and one. Like that's, that's a, that's not an easy thing to do. It's, I don't, I have no idea. And that's why it's it, this whole race has just been so exhausting. Yeah. Uh, 
because the only the only way to ensure you're not mapping this out like the way I am right now is by winning your games. The Islanders obviously just didn't do that. Um, and and this whole season has just been whatever you expect them to do, kind of just prepare for the the opposite. So like maybe they beat the Devils. I don't know. Like who who the hell knows? But it's just I have no it's idea. Really, it's not even just them. Yeah, it's exactly all of these teams. Like. You know, I so you just read off the Penguins schedule, which was what the Red Wings, uh, Nashville, yeah, somebody else, so and, yeah, they have Boston, right? Detroit, Nashville, and then a back to back Saturday, Sunday, Boston, and Philly. So, so like you know, they're going to walk into a game against three non playoff teams expecting to yeah. win, and I they could lose all three of them, and then they can you know win in overtime against the Bruins or something. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like and in Florida too. I mean, again, we, we started this show thanking the Rangers for beating the Panthers. Like the Panthers probably went into that game thinking this is a huge one for us. We need this. The Islanders are going to, you know, they're they're at that point they were, you know, playing Buffalo and coming off a of back to back themselves, and they just they didn't, you know, they didn't secure a win. Like it's just crazy. And the Rangers kind of struck quickly, and that was it. So you now even Buffalo, I'm looking at it now, they've got ten games left, and they're right now seven points behind the Islanders. Again, they're mathematically still alive, but like, you know, they lose another game, they're done. So you can't trust any of these teams. And I hate that. <laughs> I hate that feeling. You know, right now the Islanders have the best gold differential of all these teams. They're plus 14. Penguins are minus one. Panthers are plus four. And then the Sabres are minus nine. So really, theoretically, again, the Islanders should technically be in the driver's seat. But I'm looking at these this schedule and I'm like, geez, like I, I'm just already writing off that Wednesday game. Between the the location, the opponent, and the and the network, forget it. The Islanders are never going to win that game. There's no chance that they win on on Wednesday on TNT in Washington. Period. And when they win, and if they win, I mean, could you blame me for thinking that? Like, when was the last time we saw the Islanders win on, on national TV? And then you know that that back to back on on uh, uh, Saturday Sunday versus the Hurricanes and and Lightning. God, gosh, that's just like. That's just brutal. It's just a brutal. And again, even if the Lightning are right now slumping, who cares? Like, they're still going to trot Vasilevsky out there, probably, right? And if they don't, who, who's their backup? Is it? It's, it's, it's Brian Elliott. Gibson, yeah. is it? Oh, it's Bri- oh, so another another old guy is going to come in and like. Yeah, it doesn't know, matter. Like you said, as soon as so, as soon as we saw that Michael right. Hutchinson and, and and Eric Comrie were the starters, you knew exactly how this weekend was going. I'm so mad. I always get Michael Hutchinson mixed up with Michael Layton, yeah. the guy who took the Flyers to the finals that one year. And I was like, what is this guy, 40 years old? And I'm like, oh, no, it's Michael Hutchinson. Oh, and so, oh, he's only played for 18 teams in the league, you know. But this team just, this is just this kind of year. And again, if they, if we knew Barzell was coming back and you could be like, oh, you know, he's coming out, he's skating, he's ready. You know, maybe the, by the, the time they go on the road trip to Tampa, he's back in the lineup. And, you know, you know, he's going to be raring to go. You might feel a lot better about it. But now it's like, well, geez, I hope Josh Bailey isn't on the <laughs> top line again because then it's going to yeah. be bad. So yeah, it's, I don't it's know. not easy. Yeah. And and they're like you said, like this is their toughest week in a long time, which kind of adds to the yeah. to the fear because we we kind of got used to the way the Islander schedule was for basically since Horvat came when they opened up that week with like yeah. who was a Philly and Seattle and yeah. whatever. This might be the first week they've had where they have four games since. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that was the that was the other four. Yeah, it's game been week. it's yeah, been nice. Like and yeah. and now it's not and and yeah, you kind of you're 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 where their Islanders are lucky to be in the situation where they have both the the points in their pocket ahead of Florida and Pittsburgh. They got the tiebreaker mm-hmm. over over both of them. Um, I think even if Florida ties them with regulation wins, then the second tiebreaker is regulation overtime wins, and the Islanders are like three ahead of them. So they have to be past the the the, the Penguins. If the Penguins catch the Islanders in regulation wins, which they're five back, it means that they're so far ahead of them, it doesn't matter at that point. So, so like the mm-hmm. the the Penguins and and Panthers have to pass the Islanders to to basically to to beat them, and so like they're in the best spot. But as we keep saying. There's just no, there's just no way of of trying to project this thing out. There's there's <laughs> there's nothing we can do to make ourselves or you, nothing we can say to to make you feel better about it. Because who knows? Like if the the, yeah. the the there's ways to make yourself sleep easier at night, which is you just say, "Oh, we have Ilya Sorokin at right before you go to bed," <laughs> and there are ways to make you 
feel terrible, which is like it's Josh Bailey on the first line or Simon Holmstrom for a team that needs to uh, win games down the stretch here uh, to make the playoffs. So you can go either direction and it's very fair. And, but just know that at least the other team, the teams that are chasing them are not surging at the moment. Like these, you, you got to hopefully trust that the probability that they both have nine games left. If either one of them wins seven of nine, like we'd be screwed basically. And <laughs> if, if either, if either one of them goes seven and two, it puts them at 96 points. Mm. Like that, that would, or it would put puts bigger at 96 and, and, and only put Florida at 93. So even if Florida goes seven and two, the Islanders would just need to win five games in all likelihood out of their last eight. So yeah. they're in the best spot, but it's just, it doesn't matter with them. It, none of this, none of it matters. It's, it's so <laughs> annoying. Um, ah, uh, man, it's just, and, and every win feels like a, it, it really feels like there should be a parade down Hempstead Turnpike, <laughs> and, and every defeat is a divorce. It's just, yeah. I mean, there have been a couple of days where the Islanders got wins. I mean, that they, those wins against um, uh, Anaheim and San Jose, if I'm not mistaken, were followed by the Penguins and Panthers also losing. And like, that was a, like a euphoric feeling knowing that, man, I can't believe it broke this way. This is fantastic. This is exactly what we needed. And, uh, and now it's just right back into, you know, the, the, the doldrums again and, and hoping that it can break that way again for you. So you got to get those breaks. And, you know, again, for the third time, don't lose to Columbus and Buffalo when you have them on the schedule late in the season. And they're both out of the playoffs. By the way, I was wrong. The Blue Jackets were 30 points behind the Islanders, <laughs> not 20. As I said earlier, so, but it it's done, and and now the Islanders need to look forward and and take these. So I hope they're prepared for these four games because I'd hate to see them go into any of them unprepared. Uh, but we'll have to see how that works. Um, okay, um, that's about it. A uh, couple of notes, real quick, uh, coming up uh, around the old pod here. Uh, like I said before, we had a great weird Islanders uh, come out on Friday with our friend Joe Bono. Uh, check out his book Islanders A to Z. Uh, definitely buy it over at Book Baby. Uh, the link is in the, uh, the article there. And uh, we had a great conversation about Alan Quine, a guy who came out of nowhere to score a couple of huge uh, playoff goals for the Islanders. And uh, it was a great conversation. Um, so check that out. Uh, leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts if you can. I never say this. I got to get back into saying this. And we got two last week. So thank you very much to Pachetti Knows Best and Phil Monster for the five-star reviews. Really appreciate it. Feel like those folks. Go leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. And uh, sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash islandersanxiety. Use the code 4CUPS at vintageicehockey.com. Get yourself a free mug or pint glass or puck and uh, try wines from the Pinot Project uh, while you're at UBS Arena. Um, Our friend Desmond at Through the Island Podcast had another friend of ours, uh, Ryan Rat Martin uh, from Skates of the Stakes on as a special guest this week. They called us the Gentleman Scholars of Islanders Podcast. I thought that was very, very nice of them. I, I did not uh, did not expect that, but uh, that that's very nice of you guys to say. We really appreciate it. Uh, and Ryan has been listening to us since he was in high school, which is just about the worst thing I could think of. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, when, when I heard that, uh, it was uh, it was funny. I just like yeah, because yeah. I was like, wait, we haven't been. And, yeah. and and then you and then I remember like that that we've been doing this for for far too long for for for, yes. for, for way 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 too way long. way too long and and to clarify Ryan said he was a senior in high school so it's not like he was a freshman and it was like the four year all four years it was just the one year he was in high school listening to us and now he's he's a full grown adult apparently so uh, but uh, that really that really put things into perspective when you hear so oh yeah I've been listening to you guys since high school wait what what the- <laughs> I mean, I, I remember it feels like yesterday we were talking about somebody pouring concrete in the toilets at, uh, at Nassau <laughs> Coliseum. So time flies. Uh, and then uh, Desmond uh, said I thanked him online and he said that I project a an air of master splinter, which is like one of the nicest things anybody's ever said to me. Uh, so I appreciate that. The, the only other I was telling my wife, the only other person higher on the food chain than master splinter would be Optimus Prime. Like that's the only other higher <laughs> compliment I think you could pay somebody in my world because, you know, Optimus Prime, obviously, he's the strongest the smartest, the leader, and everybody was really sad when he died. So I just, that's the hugest uh, compliment, but I'll take Master Splinter any day. I appreciate that. So check out Through the Island, check out Skates of the Stakes, and then check out our other friends, Eyes on Isles, of course, Hockey Night New York with our friend Sean Cuthbert, and Nassau Men Hockey Podcast. John Zellis said some nice things about us too, along with James Nichols. So we really appreciate them. Leave everybody five-star reviews. It's a it's a big Islanders community out there. We're all, we're all fans of the same team. Give everybody a five-star review. 
Uh, and uh, and uh, thanks for everybody for uh, listening and uh, your kind words. Um, uh, I said Patreon already, right? Listen, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Check out Fan First Sports Network, too. That's our new network. And uh, it's been great so far. Uh, I think that's about it. Um, we're going to have a mailbag in a couple of weeks. Again, probably are tentatively scheduled to record the mailbag episode the day after the Islanders regular season ends, which is in the middle of April. I will put out the call for questions on the Patreon probably that Monday before that. I want to say April 10th, but I might be wrong. If you want to ask a question and you want to hear the mailbag episode, you got to sign up at the Patreon at the Country Club tier. So go ahead and do that. Patreon.com slash Islanders Anxiety. Michael Leboff, any final thoughts on the week that was and the week coming up? I mean, it's been a lot. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just lot. would just talk to as many Islander fans yeah. as you can because, like, nobody nobody knows. Like, don't ask for answers, right? Like, they're not there no. aren't answers, but that right. but talking about it definitely helps and and trying to for sure figure out how to navigate these choppy waters and yeah. you know, just hope for the best. I'm, I mean. Monday night is just that's going to be harrowing, knowing that the, the <laughs> Panthers are playing at the same time as the Devils, and oh, it's just it'll be right. nice not to have to root for the Rangers for a that would be days, good. Though. That would be good. We also didn't mention that after that Hurricanes game on the second, um, they do have three days off, which is kind yeah. Of nice and and I looked at that and I was like, ah, oh, that's nice. And then realized, <laughs> no, it's not because it's you know that that it's coming at the end of a week that could be you know harrowing and and i'm sure mm-hmm. the other teams play I mean, I mean you never know like they might have those days off too with the way that the schedule is planned out like uh but yeah it's 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 yeah, a lot i can see them having those days off and then coming out and having a, a week left to go and being like five games behind yeah. the islanders you know that's of course yeah and 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 like i said it, it is just like that it does seem like the rangers part of this whole saga <laughs> is over because like the only relevant games that they have would be against the Sabers and Capitals, but they're both so far behind that they're not relevant anymore. So yeah. that I'm just thankful that's over. Um, and now, now we turn our attention to the teams like the Senators and the Red Wings and the Predators, <laughs> and maybe Barry Trotz can can do his old oh charges a favor with a win over the Penguins the during worst. the midweek and whatever. And um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, like I said, like the Islanders control their own destiny. But if you think that, I got news for you. <laughs> Yep, I think that's uh, that's the best way to to phrase it and the best way to end. Where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at The Big Lebowski. Read and listen to his work at Action Network. Read his work at the Patreon, too, at patreon.com slash islandersanxiety. And we will talk to you again after this insane week. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.